I'm Haley Hayes with HF Genetics and Double H Cattle in Port Lavaca, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again lock-loaded and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas farmers and ranchers celebrated an anniversary and a victory last weekend. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In a time when grain markets are not as favorable as they once were, what are some good strategies farmers can use to help get better prices? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll hear from Dr. Mark Welch of Texas A&M. Balancing crop production with environmental stewardship through water use efficiency technology. I'm Tom Nicolotti, and I'll have more on what this is all about straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. Texas Commissioner of Agriculture Sid Miller was in Frisco recently meeting with farm and ranch leaders meeting there, and he says Texas agriculture is vulnerable to another power outage this winter. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Farmers and ranchers throughout Texas were in the DFW Metroplex last weekend at the Texas Farm Bureau's 90th anniversary convention. And they celebrated one of the biggest legislative victories for Texas agriculture, the passage of the Right to Farm and Ranch Constitutional Amendment. State Representative Dwayne Burns sponsored the bill in the legislature and was on hand for the celebration. Well, I'm ecstatic about it. I was uh, really proud to see that by, that it passed by almost 80% uh, of the voters that cast ballots in November. And I think it's one of the most significant things um, for agriculture that we've seen in decades. And, and I just am really impressed by the county farm bureaus and the folks in Texas that showed up to support it. And the uh, fact that agriculture is important to Texans all over the state. And the passage of the amendment shows that. Burns received the organization's SM True Agricultural Champion Award for his work in getting the amendment on the ballot. Texas landowners are invited to a couple of meetings this week on potential conservation measures for the Texas kangaroo rat. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is hosting the public meetings Tuesday and Wednesday to discuss voluntary candidate conservation agreements with assurances with local landowners who are interested in incorporating certain conservation measures on their property to protect the Texas kangaroo rat. The kangaroo rat is already listed as a threatened species in Texas, and U.S. Fish and Wildlife has proposed listing it as threatened or endangered. In-person meetings will be held at 6 p.m. Tuesday in Vernon and at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday in Childress. 
virtual meeting will also be available for those who cannot attend in person. Details are available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Our state's top young farmers and ranchers were recognized over the weekend at the Texas Farm Bureau Convention in Frisco. Cassidy and Haley Hayes received the Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Award for 2023. The couple grows corn, cotton, and soybeans in Calhoun and Victoria counties. They also have a large show pig operation, selling about 850 show pigs a year to youth exhibitors all across the nation. In another award category, Cody Berry of Angelina County earned the 2023 Excellence in Agriculture Award. That award is given to an individual who is not a full-time farmer or rancher, but has an agricultural-related career. Barry is an agricultural science teacher and FFA advisor at Hudson ISD. Grain prices are not what they were just a year ago. James Hunt takes a look at some strategies farmers can use to deal with these lower prices. Today, we go back to my conversation with Texas A&M grain marketing economist Mark Welch. As we discussed in yesterday's report, prices for corn and wheat have fallen significantly from where they were at this time last year. I asked Dr. Welch for his thoughts on the strategies farmers can use to help themselves marketing-wise. He suggests thinking local could be one answer. The basic tools, those probably really haven't changed much. Many of your contracting opportunities, your particularly those price floor mechanisms that we talk about, they're based on futures and options markets traded out of Chicago on a global basis, but yet working in your local market with who you're selling your grain to, can they help you manage those tools to implement those in a way that's cost effective and achieves the risk management strategies that you need for your farm? Dr. Welch says for farmers, it can help to get to know their customers and what their customers' needs are. As a grain producer, what would add value to your customer? And understanding of who your customer is. And if we could have those conversations, is that going to mean a difference of a, of a dollar a bushel? Probably not. But could it mean a nickel or a dime? Maybe 20 cents? Those are the kind of, I think, opportunities we don't want to turn our back on, particularly in time where our input costs are still very, very high. Production risk is still with us every day and the margins are still relatively tight. So combine a good production year with some marginally better pricing opportunities, uh, I think puts us in a position then to be more profitable and more sustainable uh, moving forward. And what can be a very challenging growing environment in 2024? I talked with Dr. Mark Welch of Texas A&M at last week's Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Balancing crop production with environmental stewardship can be a challenge. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Austin Anderson. He is brand manager for adjuvants and water management tools with Helena Agro Enterprises. Caught up with him recently to talk about crop production and how uh, farmers can balance that uh, with environmental uh, stewardship with the introduction of new sustainable technology. Talk about that, Austin. We're launching a new brand called Regenics. It's really going to be able to help growers be able to produce more with less. Tell us a little bit more about this technology. How will farmers be able to integrate it into their management uh, practices? Well, Regenics, it's been one of those things where we've been working on it since 2019. So we've got some pretty good experience in testing and trials out all across the country. But what we really saw whenever we were getting into this space was water use management tools have been 
really some sort of clunky technologies. It's required growers to buy special equipment, make special trips across the field. And something we've done with Resgenics is we've been able to really test and prove that this technology can exist. You know, you don't need special equipment. It's really flexible to use, whether it's through the overhead irrigation or through spray rigs, just traditional ground or aerial applications. So we've really been able to bring this technology to the 21st century. For Texas crop production and crop producers, uh, certainly uh, conserving water is, is high on their list because water is scarce in Texas. Resgenics, what it does, it helps with soil aggregation. So you think about all those times where you've ran a pivot across the field and you see standing water, and with as hot as it gets in Texas, you can imagine how fast it takes that to evaporate. So what it really does is it helps with that water ponding on the top of the soil, helps it really filtrate through the topsoil profile, but also at that same time, it really helps with the holding capacity of the soils. That is Austin Anderson with Helena Agra Enterprises. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Commissioner of Agriculture was on hand at the annual Texas Farm Bureau Convention last weekend. Gary Jorner caught up with him for a few comments. I'm in Frisco at the 90th annual meeting of the Texas Farm Bureau, and I'm pleased to be joined today by the Texas Commissioner of Agriculture, Sid Miller. Uh, Commissioner, uh, 90 years for an ag organization is pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive for any type of organization, actually. People to get along for 90 years, that's pretty good. <laughs> the mood of Texas farmers and ranchers right now, it's been some difficult times uh, with drought, with some other uh, situations. Uh, what are you hearing out in the country? Well, you know, farmers are resilient, we're tough, we're all, we're, we live with adversity every year, whether it be, you know, no rain, too much rain, drought, fire, plagues, tariff wars, hurricanes, tornadoes, freezes, you know, feral hogs, I mean, you name it. Uh, uh, federal government, overreaching federal government, so we, we've always got, uh, so sometimes we wonder why we're in this business, but we do it because we love it and it's our heritage, it's, it's part of us. So. Uh, there's, there's some bright spots. Cattle prices have been as good as they, they've ever been. Uh, we, we've gotten some fall rains. The drought is pretty much broken, broken, not everywhere in the state, but a lot of places it's better. Uh, so uh, been able to get some wheat in the ground, so it's, it's, it's looking a lot better. As we enter into the winter season, we all remember the, the difficulty of uh, a past winter in which we had uh, lack of power, uh, heavy ice, snow, uh, agriculture was really hit hard. Are you concerned that we're still vulnerable to some of those challenges? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. The grid has not been fixed. I was very vocal, very critical of the, of the governor and, and the, uh, the grid operators and the, the PUC uh, when that happened. But we're, we're very, very vulnerable. Uh, agriculture got hit. And I sent the governor a letter prior to, we knew that was coming. I said, you know, you've got to put these ag processors on top priority. If not, you're going to see empty grocery store shelves. And sure enough, we ended up pouring all the milk down the drain because we couldn't pasteurize the milk. We didn't have any natural gas. Chickens and, and baby chicks and eggs in the incubator all froze. The, the chicken houses collapsed under the weight of the snow and ice because we couldn't heat them. Horticulture industry probably got hit worse than any of them. Uh, you know, it was in February. And their heyday is, is March, April, and May. They lost all their product. Many, many of their greenhouses collapsed under the weight of the ice and snow because they, they couldn't heat them because they heat with natural gas. And the natural gas, you know, you can have backup generators, Jerry, but you don't have backup natural gas. That was the problem. That's Texas Commissioner of Agriculture, Sid Miller. I'm Gary Joyner in Frisco at the 90th Annual Meeting of the Texas Farm Bureau. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is considering a proposal that would make tagging turkeys easier. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and forage analysis is an important tool for cattlemen. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. Okay, what can I do? I'll listen to the what's coming up and yeah, can plan your day. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Forage analysis is an important tool for cattlemen, but Dr. Bob Judd says the analysis can be confusing to read. Having your forage analyzed is a good idea, but it is important to know how to read the report you receive. Josh Stroh is a beef nutritionist with Hubbard Feeds, and he indicates at Drovers.com that when buying feeds, remember you are buying nutrition such as protein and energy, and some low-quality forages may be inexpensive up front, but may not end up being very inexpensive when priced per nutrient. The first area to consider is the moisture in the feed, and analyzing feed on an as-received basis will reflect the amount of water in the sample. Dry matter basis is the result when a sample is dried until no moisture remains, and since feed can vary a lot in moisture, dry matter basis should always be used for analysis. Crude protein is determined by measuring the total amount of nitrogen in the sample, including true protein and non-protein nitrogen, and then multiplying by 6.25. As plants mature, the forage decreases in crude protein content. One method of comparing forages is to determine the cost of feed by noting the cost of a pound of crude protein. This can be determined by dividing the cost of feed per ton by the number of pounds of crude protein in the feed after taking out the moisture. Total digestible nutrients, or TDN, is important, as this is a percentage of digestible carbohydrates, protein, and fat. To supply a certain amount of TDN, you can multiply the percentage of TDN needed times the amount of TDN desired, and this will give you the amount of forage to feed on a dry matter basis. Acid detergent fiber is very indigestible, so forage with a high ADF has a lower energy value. There are other parameters like mineral content and net energy listed on the report, and your local veterinarian can help analyze these. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is considering a proposal that would make tagging turkeys easier. Jessica Domel has more details in today's wildlife report. Texas turkey hunters may see a few regulation changes in the 2024-2025 hunting season. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department staff recently previewed potential regulation changes for the Parks and Wildlife Commission. Sean Oldenberger, TPWD Small Game Program Director, says one proposal will change turkey tags. One thing we are going to propose is to remove subspecies from wild turkey regulations next year. And so the reason for this is people get really confused. Is that an eastern? Is that a Rio Grande? We're one of the few states that actually has subspecies tags when you look at them on your license. One will say Eastern, one will say Rio Grande. And we'd rather just have seasons and annual bag limits and species regulations tied to counties, not subspecies. Oldenberger told the commission there is a lot of variation in wild turkeys, and that can lead to confusion in the field. 
So we get a lot of questions. Is this an Eastern? Is this a Merriam's? Is this a Rio Grande? There's a lot of variation on the landscape, even on individual ranch level. So we just want to clear the confusion to make simpler regulations by removing that subspecies and just manage at a county level. The proposal is informal at this time. In January, we'll have formal proposals that'll go out and come to the commission and seek permission to publish. Uh, Those will go for public comment and then we'll seek adoption in March. So these are all informal until January. If approved by the Parks and Wildlife Commission, the rule change will be implemented for the 2024-2025 hunting season. Oldenberger also discussed other proposed changes that would impact turkey hunting in upcoming seasons, including season closures in some counties to allow restocking and mandatory harvest reporting statewide. We'll have more on those potential proposals in upcoming episodes. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? Anytime I'm talking to a friend about new music and I don't know what it is, it's probably because they were listening to radio and I wasn't. I'm nosy. I like to know what's going on, and radio usually is right there telling me what and when is going on and where it's going on. Well, listen in the barn, skid loader, tractor, then just about anywhere you can. When you put the lights on on the barn, the radio went on. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures saw a nice bounce back after that big drop we had on Monday. Tuesday closed out higher in both live and feeder cattle. February live cattle up $1.90, $168.97. The April up $1.80 at $171.50. Feeder cattle seeing a bigger bounce. January feeders up $4.17, $214.70. March feeder cattle up $3.90. 217.47 with April up 395, 221.35. Cash fed cattle still quiet for the week. However, with that big drop in futures on Monday, the Packers jumped into the market and started bidding 170. That's about four to five bucks lower compared to the previous week. Of course, feedlots uh, did not take the bait on that. No sales to report on that very low bid. Boxed beef prices lower Tuesday. Choice down 91 cents, 294.08. Select down 419, 258.64. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. Russell Heller, Lexington Livestock, sells them every Saturday. Russell, describe the action for us. Yes, sir. Had a good sale, 1,270 total head with 151 cows. Can you walk the pins with us? All right. On the Packer cows, the thinner one's 50 to 75. Better cow 76 to 104. And we did have a few good pairs, some young to solid mouth cows. They brought 15 to $2,400. On the steers and bulls, three to 400 pounds, 170 to 340. Four to five weights, 165 to 325. Five to six weights, 160 to 285. Six to seven weights, 155 to 250. Seven to eight weights, 150 to 238. On the heifers, one, three to 400 pounds, 160 to 335. Four to five weights, 155 to 315. Five to six weights, 150 to 260. Six to seven weights, 145 to 235. Seven to eight weights, 140 to 212. Good. What was the count again? 12 what? 1,270. Good deal. How does that compare to last year? Did you look? Yes, sir. It was a few more cattle right after Thanksgiving. We didn't have a sale, and there was a couple of 
on her head more. Good. Can you remember what the condition of the cattle was last year compared to this year? Yes, sir. It's about the same. I mean, around us, we have some sandy land, and you get some cattle with quite a bit of condition. And if they come out of a better place, uh, they'll have a little bit more flesh on them. Right. There is that little dividing line there, kind of where that uh, post-oak savannah starts, where it gets kind of rough some years, doesn't it? Yes, sir, it is. Yep. We all are right on the middle between some uh, better land and some not so better land right there. Do you know of anything coming uh, for next week? Yes, I do. One man's going to have 20 calves that are already weaned, and they'll be black charlets and a few reds. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of your Russell Heller Lexington livestock for that sale this next Saturday. Sure, you can get me on my cell. That number is 979-820-7002. Maybe that's all the time we've got for Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That was Russell Heller. You're listening to us both right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Lean hogs finished lower Tuesday. December hogs down a dollar twenty-two, sixty-six eighty-two. February hogs down a dollar forty-five at sixty-nine thirty-five. Class three milk was higher. January milk up forty-three cents, sixteen seventy-nine a hundred weight. February milk up thirty-seven at seventeen oh six a hundred. Cotton closed higher. Technically, looks like the market may be a bit oversold. That may help keep a floor under prices. Also, traders looking forward to this Friday's latest USDA supply and demand report. The December WASD coming out on Friday morning. Traders expected to see a slight increase in the U.S. cotton crop. Last month, the report showed the crop at 13.1 million bales. On Tuesday, December cotton up 100 points, 78.68. The March up 100 points, 79.68 with May cotton up 85 points at 80.27 cents. Grain markets were higher on Tuesday, both corn and wheat finishing higher with December corn up eight and a quarter, 468 and a half, March corn up five at 490 and a half. Hard wheat finished slightly higher, December Kansas City wheat up one and a quarter, 657 and a half, but we saw the surge in soft wheat prices continue on Tuesday. Looks like China back in the market for soft wheat, They bought another 198,000 metric tons, and that helped December Chicago wheat to jump 25 cents, closing at 6.20 and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up two cents at 2.71. January West Texas crude down 73 cents at 72.31 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 71 points at 36,133. The Nasdaq up 35, 14,221. The S&P down 2 at 4,567. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.